Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me over on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, book signings, all that good stuff. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have David Crean on the line. He is the Managing Director of Investment Banking over at Objective Capital Partners. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Thank you, and thank you for having me. So I'm excited to get into what you're doing at Objective Capital Partners over in the healthcare and life sciences um, uh, arena. But before we go down that uh, route, let's just start with your background. How did you get started in business and as an entrepreneur? Yeah, thanks for asking. You know, I, I initially got uh, actually uh, uh, involved with uh, sort of the business uh, coming in uh, into the pharmaceutical and biotech uh, industry as a M&A professional. Prior to that, I uh, actually grew up in the sort of the research and development ranks uh, coming into the industry uh, as a PhD in physics and working in oncology and the development of drugs for treating uh, some devastated diseases. Quickly uh, d determined that I was more cut out for the business side of, of things and doing deals um, and growing companies uh, through external innovation, meaning through partnering and through uh, through mergers and acquisitions. And that's how I got started in the field uh, back in the late 80s, and I've been doing that uh, ever since. And uh, just about four years ago, joined a local uh, Southern California middle market investment bank called Objective Capital Partners. And, you know, I'm utilizing my scientific and business knowledge to help entrepreneurs with either their growth or exit plans. Uh, thank you for that for the background. If you were uh, if you were you know talking to and because you know a lot lot a lot of younger listeners also that are just getting started in their career uh, listen to this podcast and 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 some of them are interested in M and A and looking down that field. Um, what kind of advice would you give that young person that's trying to break into the industry? I'm sure some things have changed since the 80s now. Yeah, it has changed uh, tremendously. You know, the best guidance I can give them is is probably several fold. One certainly go and get a great education uh, with a with a background in um, you know in finance um, whether that's a getting an MBA with a finance concentration or or marketing concentration uh, but certainly strong in the uh, finance uh, aspect and understanding uh, how deals get done whether that's with capital financing or whether it's uh, with mergers and acquisition certainly I think just getting some of that experience as well as doing some internships, uh, whether it's in private equity, whether it's commercial banking, um, venture capital, or working within a strategic company and doing corporate and business development. I think that certainly helps uh, tremendously. And, you know, you can't build that overnight. It takes some time, so be patient. And probably the last word of advice is find a great mentor or, or mentors and learn from them. So surround yourself with the best and really learn uh, about what it's uh, like, you know, what it takes to be successful in this world. Yeah, I love it. I mean, the, the whole the mentorship route. I mean, I can't stress it as, uh, enough. 
Um, it's really the way to decrease the amount of time it takes to to make progress, in my opinion. Like you, you just kind of you, you need that advice. Why try and invent or make everything up yourself if other people have already done it and gone down similar paths that you want to? Your path may be a little different, but um, that other outside um, vantage point and and opinion can be super valuable in your in your progress um, and getting and reaching your end goal. So I lo- I love that advice. Uh, thank you, David. Um, so let, let's let's switch it up a bit. I want to talk more about what you're doing over at Objective Capital Partners. So you you, you touched on it a bit. Let's get a little bit deeper. So what kind of clients are you helping, and, and what are you helping them with? Sure. Um, in, you know, Objective Capital Partners, as I mentioned, is a middle market investment banking firm. Uh, this we tend to uh, focus on privately held businesses, uh, entrepreneurs business owners uh, who are uh, operating their companies, uh, let's say, in Southern California. And the various companies that we help are in, I would say, four main sector, business sectors. We have healthcare and life science, of which that, that that's a sector that I, I run uh, as a managing director at Objective. Uh, the other three sectors that we cover are consumer, technology, mainly software, not hardware, and then on business services. And the various things in terms of how we interact with entrepreneurs for either their growth or their exit needs, we do a lot of sell-side mergers and acquisitions, so working with clients to help them prepare their business for a sale and then to go out and seek out buyers for that business. Uh, We also do some some buy-side work on M&A, so a client will – uh, engage with us uh, and we'll advise on the purchase of companies to help them grow. We also do some capital financing where we chase money with institutional investors, whether that is corporate venture capital or venture capital, perhaps some family office. But we help entrepreneurs grow their business by trying to bring in large amounts of capital so that they can deploy it uh, efficiently for, for growth. And then we also do some uh, partnering transactions for for companies. So this is uh, sort of atypical for a number of uh, investment banks who generally get involved in their core competency of M&A or selling companies, but we also help companies find strategic capital through partnerships, so uh, doing deals between companies uh, to help them collaborate and uh, develop a, a product and getting it to market and then commercializing it. So those are what I would say are core Business service business services that we offer entrepreneurs and um, and business owners. Any trends you're noticing in your industry right now? Absolutely, um, I would say looking at 2019 relative to last year, you know, I think 2019 got off just to a bit of a slow start compared to the record-breaking uh, 2018. But you'll ask most investment bankers and other financial advisors that we're very busy. If you look at my schedule and it's being a proxy <laughs> to the market, it's it's quite busy. And I would say my forecast for mergers and acquisitions uh, in 2019 remains very bullish. There's a lot of cash that must be deployed out there by either strategic buyers uh, or private equity firms alike. You also have a healthy U.S. economy low interest rates, and what we're seeing is that the competition for high-quality targets has never been 
more intense, especially in healthcare and technology. And what this means is that sellers are commanding high prices and it all adds up to a, a seller's market. And what we're, some of the other things that we're, we're seeing as well as telling our clients is, you know, we're, we are still, you know, we're seeing some early signs of a change in the market and it's important to continue to monitor those bellwethers, including corporate earnings, wage pressure, global supply chains, uh, and there's, you know, certainly some slowdowns abroad. Uh, we, we certainly are watching uh, what's going on, be, you know, the relationship between the United States and, and China. And so what we're recommending to our clients is to be prepared for an economic slowdown, likely in the next two years. It's certainly not going to be here, I, I think, in the next six months, maybe the next 12, but certainly in the next two years. Uh, you know, prepare yourself for, for an economic slowdown. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about um, uh, life sciences. Is there a- anything interesting going on? Or I'm sure there is. I- I'd like your take. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot going on. One, um, life science and healthcare, for one, tends to be very counter cyclical to other industries. So where we might be seeing some slowdown in business services and consumer, maybe manufacturing, uh, we're not seeing that slowdown in in healthcare and life science. You're always going to need innovation. Um, people are, you know, getting older. People are getting sick. You're always going to need medicine. So there's always this need for innovation and to uh, raise and uh, raise money and invest capital into that particular area. There are some areas in life science, and when I say life science, meaning pharma, biotechnology, medical device, medical technology, digital health, things like that, uh, we're seeing some some core areas where there's a tremendous amount of money flowing into uh, those verticals uh, within life science. For example, in oncology, still oncology or the treatment of cancer is still the number one area for investment. Uh, we're seeing uh, sort of a specialization in oncology in an area called immune oncology. Uh, that's the number one area for uh, for investment as well as just research and development activity. Uh, secondly, we're seeing a lot of activity in the neurology space, uh, especially around certain uh, dis- diseases such as Alzheimer's disease, which is a growing public health crisis. Uh, we're seeing it in Parkinson's disease, ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, so those are some some big areas for investment. And then other than that, we're seeing, you know, a lot of investment going into orphan drug uh, diseases, so rare disorders, as well as gene therapy. Um, those are some of the key areas right now where uh, a lot of money is flowing in from uh, financial sponsors, from VCs, from corporate venture capital, as well as from strategic uh, companies who are investing a lot of money into that uh, because there's still clinical unmet need and many, many of these diseases, especially in Alzheimer's, where there's been just a lot of uh, failures in the in the uh, clinic uh, on experimental drugs, and so there's a lot of money coming into those uh, into those areas, and those happen to be some of the uh, most uh, you know heavily invested areas, uh, and where you see a lot of activity. You also see a lot of that activity from a merger and acquisition standpoint, uh, where uh, big pharma who have um, you know, pipelines which are drying up, intellectual property which is uh, which is coming to an end, and they're having to 
uh, by innovation. I, I like to say that uh, M&A is a new R&D, um, just so they can, uh, you know, keep keep up uh, with uh, with corporate growth and with uh, Wall Street expectations. So we're seeing a lot of that, and we're seeing just earlier and earlier shots on goal. So many big pharma and many big big technology companies are are buying uh, companies earlier in their uh, stage of development. So uh, where you know, normally we would have saw many many years ago. Uh, companies buying, you know, clinical stage assets mm-hmm. were um, to help rit- mitigate their risk and and uh, and you know buy future sales. We're seeing M&A happening actually at at earlier and earlier stages of wow. clinical development, or even uh, prior to going into man to start the clinical trials. We're seeing a lot of activity, and if it's not wow. M&A, we're also mm-hmm. seeing. Uh, companies partnering with them and almost like on a build-to-buy model. So they get involved early uh, and have an option to purchase the company later on at a predefined price. So those are the various things that we're seeing in life science. Well, that's great. And, and I think what's so interesting and exciting about that happening at earlier and earlier stages is, um, and again, I don't have any numbers to back this, but it just seems to me like just ideologically, I think it's going to give us more of a chance for innovation down the line, especially with some of the other, you know, earlier stage companies um, uh, really having that infrastructure. And it just seems more efficient uh, to have, um, you know, that investment to be able to carry that further along um, and to have more uh, chances to uh, to hit some home runs there. It's exciting. That's correct. That's correct. Oh, wonderful. Well, hey, David, if somebody uh, wants more information on Objective Capital Partners and uh, uh, to take a peek into what you guys are doing, what's the best way for them to uh, get more info? Sure. They can contact me directly. Uh, my email address is david.crean, C-R-E-A-N, at objectivecp.com. Or certainly you can go to the website, which is www.objectivecp.com. And... Uh, I'd look forward to uh, to connecting and, and answering any questions that a business owner or an entrepreneur would have about whether it's a career advice or if uh, they have interest in uh, either growing their business or exiting their business. Uh, I look forward to uh, connecting with them. No, that's awesome, David. I really appreciate that. And uh, thank you for coming on the show. And to the listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a review. Do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really appreciate it. And, uh, David, thanks again for coming on the show.